Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Truth matters, but in an era of social media curation and leaders who lie and remain in power, it can sometimes seem like it doesn't. We all hold conflicting views of self, multiple perspectives of who we are and how we should act. As leaders, juggling these selves is a constant tightrope walk as we negotiate our personal and professional lives, a balancing act that often leaves us unsatisfied and unable to lead effectively. Something needs to change. So in a new book, my guest today taps into the truth conundrum. Joe Hart has authored True Perspective, Why Leading with the Truth Always Wins. As an organizational psychologist, coach, mentor, and facilitator, Joe Hart provides an insightful holistic guide for leaders on how to get best results as a leader by embracing your truth and mastering self-awareness. During upon extensive experience working with organizations such as Samsung, Chandler McLeod, and Gallup, Joe takes a deep dive into his own life story, showing the value of being vulnerable and applying true perspective to your most tightly held beliefs. In 2017, he founded True Perspective, a practice specialising in enabling people to improve their performance, reach their full potential and achieve balance. His core mission is to help people create meaningful changes to their lives. So welcome to the politics of everything, Joe. Thank you, Amber. Great to be here. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since 2017, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution to make the process quick and painless, the way podcasting should be. If you know me, I'm pretty obsessed with quality guests, quality content, and quality sound, and that's what Zencaster allows me to do. Not to mention, it's really easy to use, even for my guests that aren't particularly tech-savvy. There's nothing to download, they just click on the link and we start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy, and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production all in the one tool, you don't have to leave your browser to get each episode done. I want you to have the same great experience that I do for all my podcasts and content needs. So I have a special offer for you. If you go to zen.ai forward slash politics of everything and enter this promo code, you'll get 30% off in your first three months when you sign up to Zencaster Pro. That's Z-E-N dot A-I, politics of everything. It's now time to share your story. Excellent. So um, what did young Joe wanted to be as a kid? I don't imagine that your career path where you've ended up maybe was exactly what you thought you might do when you were 8, 10, 15 or a little bit older. Can you tell us about your early career? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, uh, straight off the bat, yeah, didn't didn't ever anticipate that I'd be an organizational psychologist and career coach. But uh, you know what? That's That's where I've landed. But look, early on, I think I was always a chatterbox. I always loved talking to people and it didn't matter who they were or what position they were in, whether they were authoritarian or not. I just loved speaking with them and understanding and and talking. So that was a bit of a clue. But I'd say the first real career that I wanted was I wanted to be a pyrotechnician, funnily enough. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, thankfully, my my dad really encouraged the curiosity and the scientific exploration uh, of understanding 
uh, fireworks. I just, I was quite enamored with them and I wanted to understand how they worked, but also wanted to create them because they were obviously not available for purchase in our country. So uh, I had to make them. So yeah, maybe there was a little bit of uh, law breaking there, but you know what? It was all in the spirit of understanding how it all worked and doing something cool and exciting. That came to a pretty abrupt end because I, I couldn't identify what the career path was. And I, I did speak with Sid Howard Fireworks and managed to, to get a tour of their factory in Kempsey, which was really fantastic. But they they were pretty quick to let me know that it wasn't really something that they, they could offer me as a career path. So that that sort of ended before it started. And then I guess after that, I wanted to I wanted to do landscaping. I wanted to be a landscaper. I liked working outside, liked working in gardens, and I just thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. So that's that sort of all the early stuff that never came to fruition. But uh, yeah, that's that that's what my early career story was. Excellent. Up until university. Yeah, yeah, and obviously you've got on to study and you are where you are today. To dive into our topic today, uh, mm. truth is something that's applauded when it creates justice and shines a light on news that's deemed to be in the public interest. However, on the flip side, it can also hurt and alienate others depending on the content of that truth. Mm. So why do you hold, I guess, dear that idea that truth matters and do we always need to tell the truth? Yeah, look, I, I think spot on in that, yes, truth is powerful and truth can uh, really be important, uh, but it can also be very damaging. And so that subjectivity that comes with truth, I think, is something that we need to be very acutely aware of. I, I guess when I talk about why truth always leads uh, or why leading with the truth always wins is, is more of an internal perspective of truth rather than looking at what's true out there let, let's take a look at ourselves and, and determine what's true in here. And I think when we lead with truth from our own perspective about who we are, what we want, what we're aspiring toward, the relationships we're in, that's what I'm really focused on and, and being really clear about what that means to you. Uh, because when you lead from, from truth as a person, there's this integrity that emerges from you. And in leadership, I think that's really powerful. And that integrity is something that maybe not everyone can articulate, but everyone feels it and everyone experiences it. So, so my, my focus of truth is, is less about the fact and, and the knowledge, and it's more about internal truth and, and what's true for you and how do you lead with that. So how do you believe that we can better align ourselves with our own purpose? And do you have sort of some clarity of, of how we kind of get there and like mm. do, the, do the work, if you like, to find mm. out what matters and how to be true to ourselves? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first thing that I'd, I'd recommend anyone to do is, is to simply ask themselves what's most important to them right now. And if the answer to that question is what they're doing, then they're already there. If the answer to that question is quite different to what they're doing, then they know where they need to go. <laughs> in terms of, it sounds um, so simplistic. It, well, yeah, it, it is simple, <laughs> but it's not easy. Yeah, but like it's incredibly difficult, right? Because you might, uh, for example, you'd say, "Well, I want to, I want to be a pyrotechnician. I want to, I want to go down that path. I want to relive that childhood dream." And what are you doing? Well, I'm on a podcast with Amber. Um, so, you know, not that I'm saying that I would rather be doing a pyrotechnician business right now. I'm, I'm happy of with course. where I am. <laughs> but um, 
But in terms of going down that path, like it can be quite confronting for somebody to admit to themselves that, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing what I really want to do. And maybe that's part of why I'm unhappy right now or why things aren't quite working or flowing for me. And, and so getting to that point, I, I think many people struggle to answer that question. So to say, just answer that question is, is very much too simplistic. A better place to start if that is confronting or difficult or it seems like a insurmountable question to ask right now is, is to, to look at purpose and more so let's ask questions around values. Uh, what are your values? What do you most value? Where are you feeling at your best? What are you doing? When was the last time you felt really great about what you were doing and, and what were you doing at the time and who were you with? Uh, what did that feel like you know, to you? you know, start exploring that and it could be something that you know, someone goes way back to when they were very young and that was the last memory they have of such a time or it could be yesterday. So that exploration of what matters to you most, what's most important to you, your values, what, what's deeply important to you is really an, another way of framing up your purpose and why it is that you do what you do. And when someone's aligned to that, it gives them a better roadmap as to how they can behave in alignment with it because it's not enough just to be able to articulate your purpose and know your purpose. You have to then align with it. And, and what I mean by that is behave in alignment with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so do you find that changes for people over time? I'm thinking what's true and what you're interested in and passionate about in your 20s versus your 50s perhaps might actually shift because you're in a different life stage. Is it po- possible to do this work in a kind of checking in along the way process mm. or do you think a true alignment means that we will do what we were always meant to do eventually because it's, you know, it's the sole truth if you like? Yeah, I, I think if if I was to, to answer that, you know, with the affirmative, there's only one truth for you, and and that's as it was written. I think I think I'd be um, that'd be a bit naive. I think people do change, and I think what we feel so drawn to do at at one point in our life, say in our twenties, and we're completely aligned with it, that can run its course, and we can expand beyond that, and we can see beyond that at times. And uh, I think it's yeah to to hold the the possibility that. Absolutely, we can we can have a very different purpose at fifty uh, to what we had at twenty is is necessary. I think it keeps it exciting, it keeps it relevant, and it, it requires you to keep revisiting it as well. Otherwise, there's you know a chance that maybe at fifteen you landed your purpose and then you never do that work again. That I think would just feel a little bit empty and potentially misleading. So, absolutely, I, I think keep asking the question. You may find that that purpose is absolutely relevant for your whole career, your whole life. And, and you've, you've really found it serves you and others. But, um, but yeah, to keep asking the question and being curious around it, I think is important. What role does having greater self-disclosure have in our sense of self? And I guess the second part of that is how does it help us be more, more honest with the greater world in, in terms of what we present to the world? You can be true to yourself and mm. sometimes people can internalise that, but I think what people mm. present to the world is sometimes there's a bit of a discord in that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that discord comes from fear, fear of judgement and fear of ostracism. And and so, you know, absolutely my own experience in that with my clients is is actually working to to self-disclose elements of, of who you are 
and and what you've identified with based on your experiences in the past it is a really powerful way to to actually liberate yourself from it. And so I, I call that self-discovery through self-disclosure. And somehow we attach who we are to what we do. And look, a, a really innocent example could be, you know, a professional athlete or sports person. You know, they get so attached to the athlete that they've become that when they retire at 30 from professional football or 25 or 30 from boxing or whatever it might be that they're a professional in, they they don't know who they are because they're they're a boxer or they're a, they're a, a footballer and so they get so distressed and anxious about you know well now I'm in the world and I can't say I'm a footballer or a boxer anymore who am I so you know to let go of that to liberate yourself from those past experiences and of course they were positive and they brought fame and and money and success but you know they're not going to serve you moving forward uh, necessarily so, you know, to, to share that and move beyond it, I think is really powerful. And conversely, if you've got some really challenging experiences and your upbringing, you know, was, was difficult and that has shaped your belief about yourself and what's possible for you and who you are, I think sharing that with others enables you to discover that actually, uh, while you might identify with a person that you thought you were through that experience, when you share it with others, they don't see you in the same way. And, and so that is a really powerful lesson that, that I've learned and that I continue to teach others that often what we believe about ourselves is not true. And you can only know that by disclosing what it is that you believe about yourself to others and they can either reflect it back as what you feared or share a different different way of looking at it. And that is usually the case. It'll come back quite differently and liberate you. Interesting. So businesses often use slick advertising and, and comm strategies, and that's a space obviously that I play in professionally mm. to generate images that appeal to customers. And then sometimes things go very wrong and they fall short. Mm. And I'm thinking of, you know, really practical examples like when the major banks collapsed during the GFC, you know, brands like Lehman Brothers that have been around for a couple of centuries and mm. or products are being recalled because of a health hazard and maybe they, they left it too long to kind of intervene. Yep. Our trust definitely goes down. Yep. So, from that sort of corporate perspective, what advice do you see being overlooked in those kinds of circumstances when it comes to truth and why? And it can't be just about fear and share price, can it? Mm, yeah, look, it's so interesting. And I think what happens is um, the ideal that is, is created for a company or the promise, the brand promise that they're, they're upholding or um, that they let down in the cases where, you know, they, they miss it or integrity is breached or products are faulty and they need to be recalled. You know, I think what happens is the organization becomes an entity and the leaders within the organization start to forget their responsibility within that and the fact that they are making decisions within that brand and, and you know, they need to be responsible for it. And when an enti entity gets so big, it, it's easy to hide and almost it becomes dehumanized. So the decisions we're making aren't our decisions anymore because it was about profit or it was a short-term gain that we needed to deliver on, which masked the fact that individually I was, I was actually not leading with integrity. There was no truth. There was no conversation about it. It just it wasn't even a thought or a reflection. So I think it, it's not that anyone's bad, but ultimately... If you break it down when it comes to a faulty product or, you know, a, a breach in integrity, 
an individual made that decision somewhere. And so at some point, like our organizations become dehumanized when they get really large and powerful. Uh, individuals start to be corrupted by that. And again, if we bring it back to the first question around truth and, and what is truth and how important it is that, I think if people are honest with themselves, they could really ask that question at those junctures where they're making important decisions that do have an impact that generally lead to these collapses or faulty products being released. And, and it was one decision that they could have reflected on and made a different decision in that moment if they were being really honest with themselves. And, and so the individual responsibility and the human decision, I think, is where, where that goes wrong and people just get dehumanized. Yeah, I think that you've articulated that really well. I think the challenge is if you're in a senior role and you're making those decisions, of course there's a lot riding on it, a lot of it's ego, a lot of Mm. it's your profile and your career, and it could be things literally like, you know, Mm. the share price and other sort of, I guess, stakeholders. But I'm thinking all the examples I think of 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 people who, you know, are Mm. so-called whistleblowers, it just doesn't seem to go well for them. So I think the challenge is, to be true in those circumstances when you're one of many in a decision-making chain, that's the challenge, I think, for a lot of people. You know, whistleblowers are often ostracised or find it difficult to justify in hindsight why they went to the lengths that they did. Do you have any views on that? Yeah, and I think, yes, sometimes going down the path of integrity and truth, I'd say always, is challenging. Right, because it, it pushes us to to really question what's important to us, what's most important. And of course, I could silence myself, I could turn a blind eye, I could pretend that that wasn't important to me. But how's that going to make me feel? And more importantly, if I was to do that, and and I, I lead in that way, how are the, how am I then going to be remembered? And I, I think that's what really brings it into into light. Of course, it's challenging. Of course, there will be haters. There will be people that try and try and make you look like a liar and twist the truth or whatever it might be. But at, at the core of it, um, you're the one who knows. Deep down, you know. And the people that know you and care about you and love you, who will be there uh, on your last, your, your dying breath, they're the ones that will remember you for the person that you stood up for um, and delivered on what you promised. And I think that's that's worth more than anything to, to anyone, really. So, yes, challenging. I would say, is it worth it? 100%. Yeah. Changing tack a little bit, I'm always a believer that people haven't got to where they are in their life or their career without some sort of mentorship. Do you have one particular mentor that stands out for you and can you share with us who they are and why? Yeah. So, I mean, with this person, I've, I've actually got two, if that's okay. Um, oh, you're going to sneak two in. That's okay. So, yeah. I mean, the, the trouble with this is, you know, I, I had um, Bruce Lee was my first mentor. And I think that came from, you know, me being a 12-year-old and, and just so fascinated with how different he was as a martial artist and, and an entertainer. Let's, let's articulate that. But his ability to express himself really honestly, just I was in awe of that and still am and, and think it was so powerful. Now I've read all of his, auto, uh, his, not autobiographies, but his biographies and look, there were elements of him as a person that, you know, I probably think as an adult, eh, do I agree with that? Maybe not. But um, there's something in his ability to, to really honestly express himself 
was was powerful and I, I've always really looked up to that. When I bring it to my actual day-to-day life, I'd have to say my grandfather was was a really powerful mentor in my life. I didn't always get along with him, but I saw him as a man of great responsibility and, and great generosity and and also integrity. He always delivered on what he promised and always spoke true to, to what he believed. And I think while, yes, it can be challenging and, yes, there were times where, you know, that irritated me, but it, it was a really powerful time in my life to have his his leadership and, and also have that, that mentorship from him. So, yeah, there, there's two. Excellent. So if we spoke in a year's time, what would be your number one goal to have achieved and why? Yeah, this, this question is a, a powerful one and I love it because it's all about manifesting that which, which I want. And um, ultimately, I would love to, in a year from now, have created a platform that enables people to, to see themselves the way the rest of the world sees and experiences them. And so this is, it's a tool. It's something that I've been conceptualizing for quite a while now, but it would be really fantastic in a year from now for me to be able to launch that and have that available for people to leverage the benefit from. And a takeaway thought or message for us on the politics of truth as we wrap up our conversation today. Yeah, like very simply, just be really honest with yourself about what it is that you want, what it is that you're doing and who it is that you're being. And if that's too much, if that's too hard, at the very least, just just stop lying to yourself because that I think is is going to be damaging. Great. Well, it's been awesome to have a chat to you today. If you do want to connect further with Joe Hart, there are some details on the show notes, including how to grab a copy of his book. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.